the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. All right, everybody. We are live with the Combat Cast. We're going to talk a little UFC 277. We're going to talk about this week's fight night, Santos and Hill. Let's get ready to talk some fights. Chevy, tell everybody what we got coming up. Before the schedule, I just want to give a shout out to fan of the show. It's got to be a fan of the show, Jake Paul, because he must have heard how much we didn't want to talk about his fight. So <laughs> luckily for us, he canceled it for us. So thank you, Jake Paul. Shout out to you. Shout out to Jake Paul. So anyway, going forward, August 13th, we're going to be previewing USC Fight Night Vera versus Cruz. That's a great matchup. I'm very excited for that one. August 20th, UFC 278 Usman versus Edwards 2. Another great matchup. And then September 3rd, the big boys are going to be going to war in Paris. So that'll be UFC Fight Night Gone versus Tuavasa. Another early card for us, which we love. That'll be a 3 p.m. card. Absolutely. 3 p.m. All right. That's what I want to hear. UFC 277. We're just going to go over the main card. I made Chevy watch a little bit of SummerSlam in the beginning. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think his wife did as well. I think they. Yeah. Enjoyed the way some of the wrestlers were dressed up, some of the athleticism, and overall good. Actually, we saw Logan Paul, who it looked uh, good. Yeah, better probably in this role. So yeah, I, better I, than I, Ronda Rousey looked, you know. Yeah, overall, overall it was a fun show, but we still we came game time UFC 277. That's right, priorities. Uh, we had our priorities. We kicked <laughs> it off with Magomed Ankalaev, 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 Ankalaev. Yep. Yeah, TKO and Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith, I believe. Is it a broken leg or ankle? Uh, I heard conflicting reports. So he said he broke his ankle in in the octagon. But then I read something that it wasn't broken, but he was going to have to have surgery. But then somebody else said it was broken. So I'm not really sure. You know, I've been getting conflicted reports, but chances are he's going to be out for a good amount of time, regardless of what it is. What are your thoughts, performance? Didn't really see enough. Looked fairly even the first round, but I just kind of felt like Ankalaev was sizing him up you know, downloading the information he was going to take over. That's not what I wanted to happen, but that's just what I could feel happening. So hopefully Anthony Smith comes back soon. He's not young. So hopefully he comes back soon, gets on the right path and he can make another run. I I think that Ankalaev is ranked number four or something like that. So depends if what Yuri wants to do, if he wants to go with Glover or Jan, but Ankalaev has a chance at calling for a title shot. I don't think he really capitalized on it when he was in there, but yeah, actually he is currently number three now. Okay, so that that must have been updated today. So yeah, he, I, if I was him, I'd be trying to call for a title shot. Yeah, I I have for next upcoming fights. I had either you know wait for the title or Jan Blankwitz. Yeah, um, if Glover's gonna get the title shot, then Jan should fight 
Ankalaev, or vice versa. If Jan gets the title shot, Glover should fight Ankalaev. And how do you see a fight with Jan and Magomedov going? I think Jan has enough power to hurt him for sure. And I think he's durable enough to withstand what Ankalaev has for him. So I don't think that's a great matchup for Ankalaev. I think Glover would be a better matchup, but still tough. I think he's going to have trouble with either one of those guys. I actually think Yuri is his best matchup style-wise. Interesting. Yeah, we'll see what happens. After this, we had Alexander Pantasia. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he defeated Alex Perez. Submission neck crank. This was about a minute 31 of the first round. He looks super impressive here. I'll get your thoughts on that fight. This guy should probably either wait for the title shot, too, or the only other thing I could think of was Kai Car France, who obviously didn't win, but is still a top-ranked contender. could be another opponent for him. But your thoughts on the fight and potential opponents? Yeah, the fight, he came out so aggressive. It was really a great fight while it lasted. I mean, I think he got on Alex's back within like the first 30 seconds. But he just, the bell rang and he came right to the center of the octagon, just throwing punches and trying to get his hands on him, tripped him. And Alex gave up his back and then he got punished for it. So as far as future matchups, yeah, I, I like the Kaikara France matchup. And if he doesn't want to do that, he can sit and wait. I think he's earned a title shot at this point. It's just that Figueredo and Moreno are so close when they fight. And I'm ready to see that fourth time, to be honest. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a bit. Before that, Sergey Palovich, he defeated Derek Lewis, TKO, first round. We'll get your thoughts on that fight. Plus, I have for potential opponents, Curtis Blades would be his next one. He's actually only a few people outrank Sergey right now. Yeah, the fight. So there was a little bit of controversy with the stoppage. Our friend Big Dan stepped in when Lewis hit the ground. But when he stepped in, Lewis popped right back up. So I see a lot of people flaming Dan online or giving him the business. But the fact of the matter is Derek's been stunned and knocked out before. And he was going backwards, which is never a good look for him. So yeah. he's going backwards. He got knocked down. And Dan's there to protect him, so he he dove in. I don't think it was a bad stoppage. It's unfortunate for Derek. He doesn't want to go out like that, especially in his home state of Texas. Probably time for him to stop fighting there. I think he's like 0-4 in Texas or something like that. So probably time to, to give up on that. But Sergey, I know Curtis Blades isn't going to take that fight. He said he'll sit and wait for a title shot or he wants the winner of Stipe and Jones or whatever, you know. Or he'll fight the winner of Gone and tied to Avasa. So I don't think he, I don't see him fighting down at this point. He doesn't want to risk his spot in the rankings. Also matchup wise. I just think Curtis is, is a very tough matchup for Sergey at that point, but I'm not sure what's going to be next for him. Yeah, we'll see. He might have to fight down to somebody below him. Yeah. Maybe a Alexander Volkov or somebody could be. Yeah. Maybe a Volkov. Yeah. Uh, Tom Aspinall. I don't know how long he's going to be out with injuries. That's another guy, though, that may be on the radar if he's not too hurt because mm-hmm. Tom needs to get back in there with a fight. Although, if Tom gets back in this soon... He's, he's He'll be up top quick. Yeah. They're going to push him, I think. After this, we had Brandon Moreno versus Kai Car France. Excellent fight. Really good back and forth. I'm going to throw a couple things at you here. One, which is out of the fight. Two... His cornerman, James Krause, we were commenting on this during the fight at the house. We're talking about how he gave really good technical advice, which ended up really being the case. And James Krause retiring. 
And I don't think we really need to discuss any other potential opponents. Like it's going to be Davidson Figueredo a fourth time. Yeah. So as far as the fight, it was very back and forth. I actually think that the judges, they had one judge had Kai Car France winning, one had a draw, and one had Moreno winning. So that's how you know it was super close. Great finishing sequence. Uh, like you were saying, the, the technical advice from Kraus in the corner was to make sure he was using his hooks and then finishing with that kick. And that's, you know, that kick to the liver is what finished the fight. Right on the button, the sound it made was awful, that slapping sound. And then when Kai got up, you could see instantly it was just a giant welt right on his liver. So, you know, no quitting the guy. If you get hit there, it just shuts you off. So great work from Brandon. Kai will be back. I, I think it's possible he's champion at some point in the next couple of years regardless. Brennan and Figueredo, I'm ready to see that fight a fourth time. I didn't need to see the very awkward face-off or whatever you want to call it in the ring afterwards. I get what they were trying to do, but it didn't work out that way. It was just awkward, so a little cringy. But. And as far as James Krause announcing his retirement from MMA, I'm a huge James Krause fan. I have been for a long time, basically since I started watching the sport. So I just love his attitude in and out of the ring. And I think he's similar to Khabib, going to carry that through to being a great coach. He has been the last few years, Glory MMA. He's been doing very well. I like to listen to his advice in between rounds. He does well with different fighters, giving them different advice. So congrats to him on his retirement and, you know, the next chapter of his life, fulfillment from, you know, coaching champions like Moreno. Absolutely. Comment a little bit on this too. First off, just excellent coach, great fighter. Glad he knows, like, you know, when he wants to walk away because he's still a good top-notch fighter, but he's a great coach too. And he had said in a video today that he basically had three goals and it was to be able to financially be not worried and to retire in the UFC and to retire with a win in the UFC. And he's basically got all three of those accomplished right now. He said the only thing he wouldn't mind doing was like maybe be able to put his gloves down in the octagon. But he said it's really not worth the risk, you know, and I, I get what he means. Like, right. That once you do that and then if you lose the next fight, you get that urge to come yeah. back and back. And it's like, yeah. You know, why not just do it? As far as Moreno and Davidson Figueroa here, I really look forward to this fourth fight. It is so rare. Like even Dana White was saying after the press conference that you want to see like a fourth fight where the moment somebody goes up like 2-1, that's pretty much it. We never had that really here. We had somebody, Moreno, go up one and it was a draw. You know, that one. but then when mm -hmm. it was a close fight, but, you know, Moreno definitely looked like the better fighter. But then Davidson made these, you know, adjustments and it was a super close fight last time. Actually, you could have argued either one one but now like it's a perfect opportunity for a four fight like they're literally one one and one moreno even dana admitted too like they should have probably have not sent figueroa in there because you know they were trying to do it probably to hype the fight and he said it just came off kind of disrespectful and i think a lot of that's just because moreno continues to be this just class act the like, nicest guy in the ufc yeah, like he comes out there and Figueroa is looking like, you know, like he wants to be this Hollywood him, yeah. Moreno just immediately shuts it down and says, I got kids at home. You know, I want to make a responsibility to them. We want to show them that we're class and we're fighters. We're gonna... And it's like, Figueroa, like, what are you going to say at that point? Do you even want to be a dick? No. It's like, all right. right. You know, and he said nothing but respect for this guy. So hats off to Moreno. This was his night, even though it was an awkward face off. For me personally, I kind of thought. He turned a negative into a positive and showed like what a class act he was. And I really like that about that guy. Main event, Amanda Nunez versus Pena. We didn't know what we were going to see this time. 
what we saw was dominance and a super, super game, tough opponent in Pena. Pena, whew, <laughs> she is never, she never quits. And she showed why you can't have an off night with her. Like, she needs to be ready. But Nunes to me also showed why she's the best woman MMA fighter of all time here. Could there be a trilogy down the road? I know Pena would have that right now. I don't mm-hmm. think it should be yet. I think what should be next for Nunez is two things. It's either Shevchenko, who should come up the Bantamweight, and you do that fight, or Nunez has said she wants another featherweight fight. I don't know who you can book at featherweight because I believe Kayla Harrison is already in the PFL now. She did say somewhere that this will be her last season in PFL, though. So so maybe, maybe in the future. Yeah, because that to me is the only real marquee fight at featherweight. For Nunez, but maybe she takes another fight in between because that's just Nunez and she wants to stay busy. And she likes defending both titles, which I, I find awesome. Uh, yeah. just don't have a lot of competition for her there. So your thoughts on the fight and what the future might be for Amanda Nunez? So I, I was a little bit more optimistic for Nunez's prospects in this fight. You know, obviously in the first fight, I thought she was going to dominate Pena and she didn't. So a a lot of people jumped off the Nunez bandwagon, but I think we got pretty much what I was expecting from Nunez. What I was more impressed with was Pena's toughness and her ability to just keep pushing forward even when she's getting dominant. She was never deterred. She was always looking for a finish. I mean, she almost got an omoplata multiple times. She had almost fully extended arm bar on Nunez. She was still, you know, rushing forward, throwing punches, trying to touch up Nunez on the feet. She was just outclassed. So I think, you know, she can make adjustments and we could see a third fight in the future. But I think if you see the best Pena and you see the best Nunez, Nunez is just going to win every time. And I, and I would say that against every female fighter I've ever seen fight. She is just the best, bar none. Now, I am interested in a fight against Valentina, for sure. Valentina would like to come up. I would still favor Nunez, but Valentina has, you know, all the confidence. She has all the technical skills, and she has the right mentality. But I I just think that Nunez is the greatest of all time. So whether she wants to fight at Bantamweight against Shevchenko, I don't know who else in that division I'd like to see. I really just want to see that fight. And if she wants to fight at Featherweight, UFC needs to sign someone new because I don't want to see her fight any any of the... There isn't even a roster for Featherweight. So UFC needs to go out and find some people for her. Absolutely. We're about to talk about this upcoming week's Fight Night card. I have a matchup here. I'm curious if you have it written down. I'm not seeing it on Sure Dog, and I, I didn't notice it. And it's on Wikipedia, America's most trusted news source. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a heavyweight fight. Are you seeing this on this card? Zach Papuga versus Mohamed Usman? Yeah, I believe those are the. So I think there's two Ultimate Fighter finales. Okay. So okay. that would be the Brogan Walker, Juliana Miller, and I think Mohamed Usman and Zach Puaga. I don't know how to pronounce his name because I have been watching the Ultimate Fighter, but I believe those are Ultimate Fighter yeah, finalists. I didn't see this fight on the other day when I took notes. I took notes on so Okay. All right, interesting. Do you know anything about this fight? We'll just take it now because I don't have any notes about this fight at all. Well, before we get to that, just prelims uh, I'm looking out for. Sure. Just Brian Battle versus Takashi Sato. That's a good one. Yeah. And then Terrence McKinney, I'm super high on Terrence McKinney. He had a great fight against Drew Dober, that great one-round war against Drew Dober recently. And, yeah. you know, all of his finishes. 
Yeah, he gasped, yeah. basically. All of his finishes are in the first round. He's a former pupil of Michael Chiesa um, when he was a high school wrestling coach. So Terrence McKinney's fighting Eric Gonzalez. That's a good matchup as well. So those are some prelims fights people should look out for. I'm just looking at it. I see Sam Alvey's on his card. Sam Alvey's fighting a guy. I can't pronounce his name, but I don't want to shit on Sam Alvey. I know he's one of your favorite fighters, but I'm off the Sam Alvey train. <laughs> He's like, I can't believe he's lost like seven fights. I think there's one draw somewhere in the middle there. He hasn't yeah. had a win since 2018. He's lost at multiple weight divisions too. Like I know, I know our friend Carney Asada, Carney Usada is not a not a Sam Alvey fan. You know, he gets to stay in the roster while they're cutting everyone else left and right. But good luck to Sam. You know. He's a good sport. So as far as Usman and Zach, I'm going to say, I, I like I said, I haven't been watching the Ultimate Fighter, so I'm going based off their records and what I read about them. Usman's a super powerful guy and has a bit more experience, but I think Zach's a smarter fighter, a more well-rounded fighter, and I think he's just going to stay away from that power and outpoint him. And so I'm going to go with Zach by decision. Okay. And I can't wait to learn how to pronounce his last name. We're going to have trouble with names throughout this episode here. So <laughs> sorry, we'll start off at the beginning now. We'll go begin his mid-card. Ariane Lipsky. Ariana Lipsky. Lipsky. Versus yeah. Priscilla Cachuera. All right, my man. Cachuera is 11-4, 6 KOs, 5 decision. Lipsky's 14-7, 6 KOs, 3 subs, 5 decisions. So this is pretty much mirror images of each other. Both have 6 KOs. Both have 5 decisions. Lipsky has like a couple subs because she has few extra fights. Man, who do you have here? I'm going to go with Lipsky by decision. So both these girls are 3 and 7. Or have won 3 out of 7 in the UFC. So, you know, you might see the loser get cut. I know that. Let's see. What is a proper Lipsky way to put this? Girl, I think Dana was high on at one point. Yeah, was- so she's marketable. Let's say that, you know, like a Paige Van Zant kind I got of. You. I got you. And she was a striker too, I believe. Yeah, come- she's pretty well rounded. Yeah. But yeah, I- I'm going to go with her by decision just based off of who she's fought and the fact that she has finishes, submission finishes. Hopefully she can get it done. All right. I'm going to keep Cachuera is tough, though. She's very tough. She's a knockout. She could knock out Ariana for sure. Women's flyweight. Then we're going to go to heavyweight Augusto Sakai versus Sergi Spivak. I think I did all yeah. right on that, actually. <laughs> Augusto, 15, 4, and 1, 11 KOs, 4 decisions. Sergi's 14 and 3, 6 KOs, 6 subs, 2 decisions. So Sergi definitely has a lot of finishes here. So does Augusto at that. This is probably going to be a brawl. I mean, hopefully they don't gas out and go to a decision. So I'll go with Sergi, though. I'll go, I'll be optimistic. I'll go first round KO. So Augusto's a kickboxer, like uh, he had a lot of uh, a long kickboxing history, but he's lost his last three in the UFC and they're all to knockout. So now he's getting knocked out by all these MMA guys. Uh. Like you said, Sergey can strike, but I think he's intelligent and he's going to mix in the grappling with this. So I think he's going to lull Augusto into a striking match and surprise him with a takedown. He's going to get him to the ground where Sakai has almost no ground game and he's going to get a second round sub. All right. I like it. And then this is apparently an ultimate fighter matchup. I did have the notes for this one. Rogan Walker Sanchez versus Juliana Miller. Miller's only two and one with two subs. We'll see how that goes. She has a lot of subs in her amateur career as well. 
I'm guessing, yeah, she has a lot of amateur fights here. So she's Walker Sanchez is 7-2, one sub, six decisions. So she's gone to a lot of decisions. But she has more fights, at least professionally. Got a lot to go on here. I'm going to go with Miller with the subs because she's got a couple. So maybe this is uh, this is her night. Brogan fought in Invicta before she got her shot in the UFC. And she has a win over Miranda Maverick, who I'm pretty high on yes. in the UFC. But I think that's pretty early in Miranda's career because she hasn't had a long career. And, you know, maybe she just caught her early on. Yeah, Juliana seems to be some sort of submission expert. I know she doesn't have very much professional experience, but she she did have like seven or eight fights in her amateur career. So I'm going to go with Juliana by armbar because almost all her submissions are armbars. So I'm going to say armbar round three for Juliana. All right, I like it. Then we got Vincente Luque versus Jeff Neal. Luque is 21, 8 and 1, 11 KOs, 8 subs, 2 decisions. He's had four performances of the night. He has the second most finishes in UFC welterweight division history. Jeff Neal has a former performance of the night. He's 14 and 4, 8 KOs, 2 subs, 4 decisions. Luque definitely has the experience edge here and the strength of schedule. And he might be the better all-rounded fighter. Neil is explosive, and I feel is on the come-up. I don't know. This might be a little too much too soon. But then again, stylistically, I like Neil. Like, if these guys start banging here, I feel like Neil might have the edge in power. I don't know what the odds are for this. I would think Vincente might be a slight favorite. I think so. I would think so as well. Yeah. But I'm going to go Jeff Neal. I'll go round two, TKO. So I agree with everything that you said as far as the way that they match up and strength of schedule for Luke. And he's a bit better, well-rounded. I think I'm going to go with Luke. I I think he'll be okay. He has the experience to survive those exchanges that Neal's going to get him in. I think this is going to be fight of the night. I think both guys are going to be trying to occupy the center of the octagon the entire time of the fight. So you're going to see a lot of action. Luke is a great striker, but he might feel like he has a big advantage on the ground and, and mix in some grappling. So you might see that. I think ultimately it'll be mostly a striking match, though. And I'm going to go with Luke round three tko jeff neal might gas out a little bit and i think he'll get caught then we got jamal hill in the main event against tiago santos hill is 10 and 1 and 1 he's got six ko's four decisions and he's had performance of the night twice looks like he was a former what did i have right now here knockout promotions lightweight champion so a regional belt Tiago Santos, this guy, 22 and 10, 15 KOs, one sub, six decision, performance of the night four times. You know, he's just a guy that's been around forever. He's fought John Jones, Anthony, so he's fought everybody. He brought John Jones to the brink, too. Yeah, Some he did. Some say he won that fight, you know? Yeah. The thing was, I mean, he came off some injuries after that fight, and I don't feel like he's really picked up the momentum since then. He's definitely looked like he struggled. And, yeah, I'm going to look this up right now as we're talking here. I'm kind of curious. So since that John Jones fight, he had a loss to Glover. Your boy here, Alexander Rakic there. Rakic, yep. Yeah, and then he beat Johnny Walker by decision, and then he lost the decision to Magomed. Now, those are like some it was of a boring Johnny Walker fight, yeah. though. Yeah. He, you know, he didn't look spectacular in that win at all. This might be him kind of coming towards the end, unfortunately. So I'm going to go with Jamal Hill, and I'll take Hill by TKO, round three. Yeah, so I'm a fan of both guys. I appreciate Santos because 
he was knocking everyone out before he got that shot against John Jones. And then he fought John Jones on two torn ACLs, you know, basically not even ACLs. He tore everything in both knees because John Jones was doing his little oblique kick and shit. So he fought through that and, you know, arguably beat John Jones, which obviously the judges didn't see it that way, but he definitely took him to the brink. So I respect him, appreciate him very much, but I, I think he left a piece of himself in the octagon with that fight and he hasn't been able to get that piece back since then like you were saying and jamal hill's on the come up he learned a lesson against paul craig when paul he talked a bunch of shit to paul craig and paul craig snapped his arm and he talked about how humbling that was and i think that gave him a new focus and i think he's just gonna eat up santos and he's gonna get a ko inside the first three minutes of round one but i'd love for santos to prove me wrong and you know, straighten out his career and come back. He is older, so he'd have to do it soon. But I think Hill's going to win this one pretty easily. Tell people what we got coming up next. August 13th, we have USC Fight Night Vera versus Cruz. And then the end of the month, August 20th, we're going to be previewing USC 278 Usman versus Edwards 2. And then on September 3rd, we'll be treated to a heavyweight war with USC Fight Night Gone versus Tuivasa from Paris. So that will be 3 p.m. Eastern. I'm looking forward to 278 to uh, Marab and Aldo on that undercard. Yep. Like it's kind of got me most excited. I've been a real homer for Marab for a while. I just like his attitude and his go, 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 don't stop cardio. I think it's going to be very interesting when you're fighting the very elite, though, still. It's still the very elite Jose Aldo. Though. Yeah, he's got what some people would refer to as immigrant mentality, for sure. <laughs> yes, he does. So, well, I will look forward to talking about that soon. Until then, that's the Combat Cast. Guys, we're out. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 